I think your, your bulletin says uh, faith in God's sovereignty, but it's really living by faith in so God's sovereignty and understanding the practicalities of, okay, I understand these things up here, but how do they affect what I do tomorrow and, and Friday, and how do they affect the things that come into my life that I didn't anticipate at all? Uh, as I go through this passage, some of you are going to be wondering about this lengthy conversation that David and I had about what he was going to teach in the Sunday school class and what I was going to cover in the sermon. Uh, that conversation never happened uh, between us. That conversation happened in the sovereignty of God that he said, well, I think that if David said these things and Paul says these things, they'll fit together pretty well. Uh, and uh, there was something I was thinking of during, <clears throat> during the Sunday school class, and I thought, well, we won't get into that. Uh, and then it was in the scripture reading this morning about God knowing the hairs of your head and God knowing when the sparrow falls, that God is a God who knows the things of life and that he puts all those things together. Uh, this morning, uh, Will and Amy's cats uh, brought them a gift and were lunching, uh, snacking on a bird laying on the, their front step. And uh, this morning we read about the fact that uh, if the cats carry that off, they will never know that it was there. Only I will know that it was there. If, if, if one of your animals is sick, hopefully you will, be, you will know about that. But God knows about the sparrow that falls. Why does God need to know that? Uh, from our perspective, that's useless knowledge for God to know those things. But because God knows all things, God has to know those things. It's part of his nature that he would know everything even the things that we consider useless. So as the, as the, uh, the preacher in Ecclesiastes uh, thinks about life, these are some of the things that he's, he's telling us to help us to know how do we live before God when things go differently than what we expected, when life seems to be a riddle and we can't figure out the riddle, uh, when there are there, there are things that are mysteries in life, and we need to figure out how to, how to work in those things. These uh, verses only mention God's name once, and being written before Jesus came into this world, his name is not there at all. And yet as we look at Scripture, we see that Scripture, again, as it so often does, helps us to understand the riddles before us. Let me read the first six verses of this chapter. The Ecclesiastes says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. There's a riddle. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. <clears throat> if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. And as kind of can help you figure out these riddles, as you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb, or way, the way in which the spirit blows, and how the, uh, the bones of a body, are, a child, are formed in the womb. Um, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, 
and an evening withhold not your hand. For you do not know what will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Let's pray. Lord, as we look at your word, we know that there are mysteries there, there are riddles, there are things that we can't figure out. And that fits with our lives. We think, why did this happen? And why was I in this situation? And why didn't I say this or that? Or why did I say this or that? Or do this or that? Lord, help us to understand these things and to know how to live under your sovereignty instead of feeling like it's all up to us and we're independent and what we do doesn't really matter. Help us to see how we can serve you in the things we don't even anticipate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first verse says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. Well, that doesn't seem to make sense, because if you go out to the pond on your property, or a, a stream, a river nearby, and you throw bread on there, unless the ducks get it, it's just as a waste, you know. It's, it's a poor investment. You're not going to get anything out of it. So what's the point of casting your bread upon the waters? Well, I think he's saying invest your efforts and your resources in ways that you don't even know the outcome and you can't control the outcome. Because you believe in God and you believe that what God is going to do is to take the things that even seem like wasted efforts on your part and going to use them in good ways. Uh, you may as I say that, be thinking of things and thinking, oh yes, I said that to this person and that really helped them. Or I did that particular thing and it was a benefit to someone else. I didn't think of it as an investment or as something that I ought to do or that was going to benefit me especially, and yet God used it in different ways. Uh, Deuteronomy 15 is talking about the year of the, the seventh year coming up when debts are to be forgiven. And Moses says, uh, speaking God's word, he says, he says, and don't have this evil thought that somebody in your community, your brother, your friend, your neighbor, comes to you and says, I'm really in a hard point. Can I borrow something from you? And you're thinking, well, the year of forgiving debts is coming up next year. He's not going to have time to <coughs> pay me back. This is not a good investment. He says, God, uh, God will repay that debt. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and throw your bread on the water there. Don't worry about it. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is talking about the judgment when he's going to uh, come back and he's going to judge all men. And he's going to divide them into the sheep and the goats. And he will say to the sheep, uh, enter into my kingdom and the joy of my kingdom because I was hungry and you fed me, I was naked and you, you gave me something to wear, I was in prison and you visited me. And the sheep are going to say, what? When did we do that? And Jesus is going to say, well, you didn't. When you did that for the least of my brothers, you did it for me. So they didn't know they hadn't cast their bread on the waters. They just saw a need and they tried to meet that need. And to the goats, he's going to say, enter us into everlasting punishment because I was hungry and you didn't feed me and I was naked and you didn't feed me. I was in prison, you didn't visit me. And they'll say, when was that? If we had known, 
that it really made a difference and we were going to get into heaven, we would have fed you. We would have, we would have uh, visited you in prison because it would have paid back for us and we, we would have gotten a great return on our investment. Uh, if we had known, we would have done the right thing. And Jesus says to them, no, you didn't do it for the least of my brothers. You didn't do it for those who were really in need. Your heart was not there. And so that's gonna, the way it comes back to you. Um, in the next verse, he says, Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. In a sense, it's the same, the same thing. Um, investing in a way that doesn't make sense to the world. The world says, I'm going to do things that are going to benefit me. And, and so we have this elaborate game in which we are trying to manipulate each other in whatever ways we can. And, and the scripture says to us, you need to, to, uh, to give portions to seven to eight. You need to give generously to other people. You need to, to show that compassion, that kindness, and invest the things that you can do, your time, your effort, uh, your resources, uh, because disaster will come someday. You can't predict it. In some way, that's going to come back to you. And you may receive benefit from something uh, where you never expected that to happen. I'll illustrate that and some of the other things with an incident that happened to us in Kenya. And Will remembers this. Our, our youngest daughter had appendicitis, and uh, so she and Liz were in the hospital while she was being treated. And I took Will and his two younger sisters, and we went to visit them in the hospital. It was a school night, and so after the visit, we were heading back home again, and they had homework, I'm sure, to do. And, uh, but on our way back, in, a, in a, uh, a narrow, twisty part uh, of, of the road that went through a wooded area. Uh, it was a dark and stormy night, you know, those nights. Uh, it was, it, we couldn't see very well, it was misty, it was raining, and we came around a curve and there was a woman in the road, and I hit her. Uh, I stopped the car, got out, and was checking her out to find out uh, if she was okay, couldn't see any, any uh, significant damage and was trying to get her into the car so I could take her to a nearby hospital and get her checked out properly. Well, a, 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 a minibus uh, full of passengers uh, pulled off the road uh, near us and people started to pour out. And I thought, this is, this is the nightmare that missionaries dream of. Uh, you're a foreigner in another country uh, you've had an accident, and the normal assumption culturally is that you are liable uh, because you have more resources than this person. And so therefore, you're going to pay to have their car fixed. You're going to take them to the hospital and pay to have them fixed. And, and there may be a lot of uh, uh, resentment that's boiling up and animosity in people's parts and uh, this could lead to, to violence and, and anger and all those things are, are part of the possibility in a situation like this. And uh, so I thought, what is going to happen? It's not just me, but I've got three of my children with me. 
And uh, what's going to happen here? Well, the, the group that came out of that, that minivan included a man uh, who spoke, uh, spoke to this woman because she was Kikuyu, and I understood Kikamba, and they're similar, but we couldn't communicate very well. She was obviously a, a homeless woman. She had a gunny sack full of empty milk cartons and other treasures that she was carrying with her and was very concerned about. He, this man came over and he spoke to her in her own language. He reassured her. He helped her get into the car. He, he reassured the people around that everything was going to be cared for. And then he said to me, he said, uh, I used to work for the man that your wife buys vegetables from in the city market. And I knew you were a good man. Somehow my wife had invested in this man and invested in seven or eight and lots of other people. And through that, God used that man and put him in that place to be a protector and a help uh, and an aid to us in that particular situation. Did we say, one day I'm going to hit an old homeless woman and I'm going to need to have someone who can help manage that situation? Uh, I think this man is going to be there. Let me invest in him. No, God said, you need to do the right thing toward this man, even though he doesn't seem that significant to you in your scheme of things, because I can use that. Jesus says, when people invite others to a banquet, they always want to invite their rich friends, because then they figure, I'm going to get invited back. If you're going to have a dinner party, Invite the best cooks that you know so that they will come to your house and eat your food and invite you to their house where their food will probably be even better. Jesus says instead you should not invite all those people who can pay you back, but invite the poor and the, the crippled and the lame. And, and if your table's not full, go out and find them whenever you can and, and bring them in because you know who's going to invite you to their dinner table? It's not those people. It's God who's going to invite you to his dinner table. Proverbs 19.17 says that any kindness to the poor is, is uh, lending to the Lord, and the Lord is the one who will bring it back. So what to the world's mind seems a poor investment uh, in in God's mind, is the best investment of all. So give your portions to seven or eight. You don't know what disaster is going to come. Verse 3, if the clouds are full of rain, um, they empty themselves on the earth. No surprise there, is there? And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will be. Well, that makes a lot of sense, too. So why is it in the Bible? Uh, if it's the obvious thing that anybody can see. I think the point that he is making here is there are certain things that are going to happen. <clears throat> you can't control them. You can't control when the rain comes. Uh, it's going to come sometimes at a, when you don't want it. And other times when you want it, it's not going to come. So we need to learn that God is the one who controls these things, and we need to be patient, and we need to wait for his provision and know he will provide. Also, there are certain things that are going to happen. The tree falls, 
Uh, is it going to fall to the north or to the south? We can't control that. Even sometimes when we try to make it fall to the north, it falls to the south or on your house. Uh, and, but where it falls, there it's going to lie. Uh, it's fallen that way, and that's the condition that's going to happen. We need to learn to understand those things, and when things happen in our lives, saying, is this the Lord bringing rain, or is this the Lord withholding rain? Uh, this thing happened in a way that we can't predict, and now we need to learn to deal with it. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 55, God says that he sends his word, and his word is like rain. When the rain goes out, those seeds that have been resting in the ground and haven't done anything, they sprout, and they come up, and flowers bloom, and, and food is grown, and God provides. God says in the same way, he's going to use his word in ways that we don't anticipate or predict. Sometimes we will say something to someone, and it's a real comfort to them, but it wasn't something that we intended that way. Uh, the same thing happens sometimes with our words. Our, our words hurt and cause pain where we may not have really intended it. But God says, I'm going to use my word, and I'm going to bring fruit from my word in ways that you didn't really anticipate. Um, when I uh, got that woman into the car, I went to the hospital, a nearby hospital, and I took her in and tried to get her checked in. Things happen differently there. Uh, the costs are a lot lower. The, the attitudes are different and things like that. I took this woman in here and uh, she was distressed to, to lose her bag of empty milk cartons and all her other treasures. She was confused. She didn't know a lot of things. She was the, in terms of the social pecking order, she seemed to be on the bottom. And the sort of person you wouldn't invest in and say, I need to be kind to this woman and then she can be kind to me later when I am in need. I took her in there and and uh, tried to get them to, to check her out, and they were doing that. And then I had my three kids in the car, so I took the kids home, which wasn't that far, and came back to the hospital. When those nurses saw that I came back, that surprised them. And uh, they said, you're, you're such a good Samaritan uh, by caring uh, for this woman and coming back to look after her. Well, that's what I looked like to them, I knew my own heart. My own heart was saying, surely I have more important things to do than this woman. Why am I spending my time and my money and messing up my schedule to be involved in her life? Uh, I saw the wickedness of my own heart. My own heart didn't feel like a good Samaritan. And so they're saying that, they're calling me that, I showed that the dissonance between those two, that I was not inside what I looked like on the outside to them. Also, I was learning from them because to me, she was, she was a, 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 an old woman with nothing to offer. I didn't even know her name. Uh, she had no resources. Uh, she, didn't, she didn't know what was going on. But they spoke to her in Kikuyu, and they kept calling her Shushu, which is the Kikuyu word for grandmother. To them, to these nurses, 
she was their grandmother. She was a person of significance who had helped form their life, and so they treated her with respect. And so they were calling me Good Samaritan, and I was learning from them what it meant to treat a woman with no resources as a grandmother, a person deserving of respect. And so here I was in this situation where definitely it had rained, the God brought that, and, and the rain and the mist were part of making this tree fall to the north or to the south and creating a situation in my life that I had not anticipated. And now what I needed to learn was, this is where the tree is. How do I respond to God having put this tree in my life the way it is? And God having brought the rain in my life and God having provided for me and enabled me uh, to do something in this situation, even though I was a very reluctant Good Samaritan. Verse 4 says, He who observes the wind uh, will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. There's a lot of people who spend all of their time worrying about the situation. Uh, my wife likes to check the weather uh, on her phone and see what's going to happen. And, and I'm, a, I'm a doubting Thomas. I think, okay, it says 45% chance of rain. That means it may rain or it may mean that it doesn't rain. And uh, so we'll, but she says, carry your umbrella. And uh, so, you know, we can, we can check those things. She's not, she's not in, in, in error here. I'm certainly not going to criticize my wife in a sermon, but, but there are people you know who are, they're looking for the right circumstances and situation. They're checking the news all the time and watching what's going to happen to their stocks or their investments. They're, they're wondering what's going to happen in their life, and they're living in fear. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 3, it talks about uh, the, the wise person is judicious, and they, they look at the weather and they say this is a good day for this, or they make plans, or they, they see a disaster coming and unfolding, and they're cautious. But in verse tw uh, 13 of the same chapter, it says, the fool says, there's, there's a lion outside. <clears throat> we'll be mauled in the streets. And so they stay at home. They're afraid of everything, and so they don't act. So here's a situation in which, which I could have easily been watching the wind and not planting. Uh, I could have easily been looking at the clouds and not reaping. And the, the same thing happens in your lives. Uh, this week there will be situations in which you think, is this really going to work? Uh, should I be afraid of this? Uh, but instead, you need to trust in the sovereignty of the Lord that he is going to, he's going to care for you. Uh, he's going to be involved. Uh, hitting that woman certainly in interfered with my plans, but it was God's plan to put her there in that road to teach me certain things and to help me to understand. Uh, to understand uh, what, what, God, what is God doing here? What is he doing in my own heart? Uh, how can I respond in this situation? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, Paul says, we need to, to, to walk before the Lord with wisdom and understanding. Uh, because we, we live in evil days, but there are opportunities in those evil days, and we need to make the most of those opportunities. 
uh, I think of opportunities that I could have had uh, to, to speak uh, something that would draw people to the Lord and I missed it because I wasn't thinking, ah, here's an opportunity. It was unexpected, unplanned, but it's an opportunity that the Lord has provided. And other times the Lord's provided an opportunity and, and I've responded well and been to that prompt and, and been able to insert a word for the Lord. Um, sometimes we think that evangelism means that we need to be able to present the entire gospel and call people to a decision. But sometimes when people have come to Christ, it's because of little opportunities that people have had in the past to do something, to show kindness, to encourage them. Uh, because people have said, this is how Christians are. Uh, I need to find out more about what it is. Uh, if you ask people, how did you come to faith in Christ? And you give them time Many times you'll find that there were a lot of little things that influenced them in one way or another until they came to realize this is true. What God says is true. Verse 5. Um, you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb or a, of a woman with child so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. There's a footnote on this verse. Uh, the NIV says, you don't under, uh, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand <coughs> the work of God, the maker of all things. Um, these words are, are very uh, reflective of what Jesus says when he speaks to Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus has come to Jesus and asked him spiritual questions. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, in a sense, you're a teacher in Israel, you're a wise man, you're one of those people who should understand all these mysteries, these conundrums, these things that don't make sense in Ecclesiastes. You're supposed to be able to explain those to other people in the world, uh, other people in Israel. But he's, he says, you don't know the way this, the wind blows. You don't know how the child is formed in the womb of a mother. You don't understand the new birth. Don't you understand that the Spirit has to come and work in someone's heart and give them a new birth so that they would be born not just physically, but that they would be born spiritually. That's what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 3. Uh, this reality that we don't understand what God is doing. Uh, we don't understand how the Spirit uh, works. <clears throat> in Hebrew and also in Greek, the word spirit and the word wind and breath are the same word. We don't understand uh, how the wind blows but we also don't understand how the Spirit comes and works in our hearts and the things that He is doing there. We don't understand how the, the baby is formed inside the mother. Uh, we know more and more about those things uh, than we used to understand. Um, but, uh, uh, but still we don't understand. Uh, all the advances that we have in medical science are just bringing us to the, to the very edge of understanding what God knows intimately. In fact, in Psalm 139 and in Job 10 and 11, 
we find out that God knits. Did you know that God is a knitter? And that God knits that baby together in the, in the womb of the mother. Uh, that it's not just some uh, normal uh, earthly practice. It's not just, and this is a natural thing. But it, the picture there is God's got his knitting needles out. And, and he's putting that baby together stitch by stitch. And he understands how to make it in such a way that it's full of life and movement even before it's born and then comes to life uh, formed. God has done that and we don't understand. So we need to learn, uh, as, as we see these things happening, we need to learn that God is at work. Here's that woman. Uh, in my mind and my estimation of the world's estimation, she counted for nothing. But she was at least a creation of God that he had knit with his needles in her mother's womb. And I don't know anything about the rest of the history of her life. Very well before she lost her ability to communicate and understand a lot of things about life, uh, God had worked in her heart and had changed her heart and brought her to faith in him. And so like other people we know and you know, who are no longer able to recognize you or to communicate effectively uh, because of their age, at some point they, they trusted in the Lord Jesus. And they're going to go into the Lord Jesus' presence. I may end up in heaven and, and uh, a Kikuyu woman comes up to me and greets me in Kikuyu, Wimwaga, and uh, she'll say, do you remember me? Do you remember that that dark place on the Limuru Road on that rainy night when you hit me and, and you took care of me. Um, now I'm home in heaven. I was faced with a, a difficulty after hitting her and, and her being treated. I paid the bill and then they turned her back over to me. This is your woman. You brought her to us. This is your grandmother. Now you need to take your grandmother. Well, where am I going to take my grandmother? Uh, I said, can you talk to her and find out where her home is? They talked to her and they said, she lives such and such a place. And I went to that area and she looks around and she said, I don't know this place. This is not my home. I thought, she's really going to be my grandmother. <clears throat> She's going to go to my house. So then I remember that most of the taxi drivers are Kikuyu. So I went and I found the Kikuyu taxi drivers and I said, I have your grandmother here and I, I don't know where she lives. Can you find out where she lives? So they talked to her and they treated her in their cultural fashion as their grandmother with respect and they talked to her and they said, we think she lives here. I said, how much does it cost to take her there? And uh, they said, told me how much, and I paid them, and they took her. Uh, I don't know what happened to that. I have good faith that they didn't just take my money and take her around the corner and push her out the door, but, but they took her to the place that she said. And I don't know how things went, but my hope is that uh, when I get to heaven, I'll be greeted Wimwaga by my shushu. And she'll say, 
Maybe you don't remember, you don't think I remember, but we were together on that road and in that hospital. Because the Lord is the one who, who works. The Lord is the one who blows the wind. The Lord is the one who works in our hearts. And so they, we are told, um, now that you know these things, keep going. Um, in the morning sow your seed. Or you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper this or that, or whether both alike will be good. There will be opportunities that you and I have this week to do things. We're not sure. What's going to come of this? Uh, how will it happen? In a world of chance, in a world where we have to make our own way and we have to provide for our own selves, we think a certain way. We think this is what's going to do the best for me. But we know that this is God's world. And God is going to bring things to us that we don't understand. Proverbs 19.21 says that man make, makes many plans, but it's the Lord's purpose that's going to prevail and, and be done. Uh, Proverbs 30.24 and following uh, tells us not to be sluggards and lazy, but to watch the ants, look at the hyrax that lives in the rocks, look at the lizard, learn from all these simple creatures that God cares about, that God provides for them, and that they just go about doing their work. Um, in John chapter 4, verses 36 to 38, Jesus has been talking to this woman at the well. The disciples had gone into town to buy food, and they came back and they said, Master, here's your lunch. He says, I'm not hungry. Um, because, and they say, what? Did somebody bring you food? Uh, no, this woman came, and I talked to her, and she's gone to bring the entire town out to come and hear me preach the gospel to them. He says, I have food to eat that you don't know about. Uh, seed has been sown, and you are going to have the, the privilege of harvesting what you didn't plant, because God is the one who's provided. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul talks about how he's planted the seed in one place and Apollos came along in Corinth and he watered, but it was, it was God who brought the fruit that came from that, that, uh, that planting. And so we can entrust ourselves to God and to his provision. We make plans with the assumption that we can control things and make them come out the way we want. But because God loves his children, he has other plans that we may miss because we don't trust him. Uh, he uses them to, sow, to sh show our lack of faith in him, like I saw that in the hospital. He uses the, uh, those things to teach us from other people and their examples to not trust in ourselves, to not focus on the, the outcome that we want and, and to focus on the, the people who we think can help us and neglect all the others. Um, he works in us by his spirit. He works in other people by his spirit. And he brings forth fruit from his word. He gives us new birth in our own hearts and new birth in the hearts of other people and teaches us to walk with him even when our path uh, is a dark and stormy night, 
even when disasters come, even when we don't know what's going to happen. But we know that he is our good shepherd and he will lead us. Let's pray. Father, we walk before you. And we don't we we know in this past week and months and years and in the days and weeks and months and years to come there will be things we do not anticipate help us lord lit to learn to live by faith in you and not just by sight not manipulating others for our own benefit but serving others uh, because that's the opportunity you've given to us we pray that we would do that trusting in the Lord Jesus and his work in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen.